Welcome to Prayer International. This is our Saturday night session called Face to Face with God. My name is Sean Holmberg, and I'm not even sure where to start this afternoon. So, it says in John 15, verse 15, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. It seems that we as people in general and as the church in general have somehow fallen away from consulting with the Lord on things. We go through our daily lives and we get up and we go to work and we take care of the children, pay our bills, and we lead just regular lives. Sunday morning we get up and most of us get up and go to church services and spend a few minutes worshiping God and then we leave the services, go back into our lives. 
but I don't think that's necessarily the only option we have. Because God wants more than that. God wants intimacy. And God wants a relationship with us. God wants a passionate relationship with his children. And he died for that reason. It wasn't just so we could go to heaven. It was so a relationship could be restored. It says in Corinthians, it says that we are now ambassadors of reconciliation. And God is reconciling the world through us. And it says that no one knows the heart of a man and the mind of a man except the spirit of a man. And it says the spirit of God searches out all of those things from the heart of God and declares them to us. Jesus said that the spirit would take of what is mine and declare it unto you. And God has an amazing and awesome plan for our lives, and he has an amazing and awesome plan for his bride. But we need to seek him out for those things. And there's some points in our lives where we can tend to miss God on things. And we miss his full blessing because we overlook the simple thing of a relationship with him. I know in my own life, I count constantly get into trouble because I fail to mention certain things to my wife that go on throughout the day. And with God, it's the same way. We need to keep him informed of our lives. I mean, yes, it's true. He already knows everything that's going on, and he knows every need we have. Before we even mention it, we come to him in prayer with a list of demands at times, but we rarely ever come before him just with the attitude and with the intention of wanting to spend time with him. And that's the difference between having intimacy and having someone who just provides. And God is a provider, but he's also a lover. And he's also someone who wants us to spend our minutes with just in a relationship, just talking about your day, just talking about the things that are on your heart. And even though God may already know what we're thinking, it doesn't mean that he doesn't want to know. My wife can walk in the room, and I know from the second I see her face what she's thinking, what she's feeling. But it doesn't necessarily mean I don't want her to tell me. Because a part of a relationship and a part of a trusting relationship and intimacy is having that communion with the other person. And our relationship with God is the same way. We're drawn to have communion with him. Even Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they walked with the Lord and they talked with the Lord. And it wasn't always about bringing a request to him. You know, Jesus said that the Father knows everything that we need beforehand. And the first thing that Jesus said in the prayer is, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, holy is your name. Because the first attitude when we come before the Lord shouldn't be about us. It should be about him. Because our lives are above vapors. Everything in this world revolves around Jesus Christ. Everything revolves around his son. And God doesn't want people who just come to him when there's a need. Even though he loves his children and he'll provide his needs because God is faithful. He is always faithful to fulfill his word, and he is always faithful to fulfill the promises that he has made in our lives. But at the same time, we need to come to him in a spirit of reverence, in a spirit of worship, in a spirit of acknowledging that he is 
just that he is. Before everything else, above everything else, after everything else, he is. The heavens and the earth can pass away, but he remains. He is the one unchanging constant in our lives, regardless of whether they're up or down, regardless if we're having a good day or a bad day, regardless of what our mood is like, what our feelings are like, what people have said to us that day, how we feel. It doesn't matter. He is always the same. He is always a loving God who longs to spend time with his children. You know, the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. And it says that we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And what that verse means is that we are beholding Jesus. And Jesus is a direct reflection and a direct interpretation of God the Father. Jesus said, they came to Jesus and they said, show us the Father. And he said, you see me, if you see me, you have seen the Father. He said, I and my Father are one. And so we come to him. And in spending time with Jesus and in getting to understand his voice and to hear his voice, you get to know his character. You get to know his personality. You develop an intimacy with him where you know what his character is from reading his word. And if you don't know anything about the character of God and you don't know anything about how he feels and how he acts, you should read the Bible. Pick it up, start reading it, because from start to finish it is nothing but a character reference of the uncreated God who we serve. And it's a reference to Jesus Christ from start to finish. He's mentioned throughout it. And when you have a relationship with the Lord, there's going to be times when you don't need to necessarily come to him and ask him, okay, well, what about this and what about this? Because you'll just know. What would God do in this situation? What is his character like in this situation? So let me just play another song, and I will be right back. Heaven 
Well, welcome back. Sorry, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. So, I wanted to read a verse from Exodus in a couple verses. This is Exodus thirty-three nineteen, And Moses was meeting with the Lord. And I'm going to start in 33, 8. Or actually, I'll take it back to 33, 7. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the Tabernacle of Meeting. Interesting name. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the Tabernacle of Meeting, which is outside the camp. You know, sometimes when we want to seek the Lord, we need to get outside of our situations and we need to get outside of the distractions of everyday life. You know, there was, in the old days, people would talk about going into your prayer closet, and it doesn't mean you always have to have a closet you crawl into. Of course, when I was a kid, I had one of those. But even if it's at a lake or at a park or in your car driving to work, everyone needs to have alone time with the Lord, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, an hour. The Lord doesn't care as long as you can give him something, just a few minutes of your time. In verse 8, so it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all of the people rose, and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. You see, God said that if you would draw near to him, he would draw near to you. And the Lord is always faithful. When you go to seek him, he will be there. He will always show up. Verse 10, all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. I 
just wanted to stop for a second because that's an awesome verse. And it's something that many people overlook. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Jesus said, I don't call you servants, but I call you friends. The Bible says that the Lord loved King David because he was a man after God's own heart. Because he was a man who knew that no matter what, all that mattered in the end was his relationship with the Lord. It says that he is the fullness that fills all in all. He's our everything. Our every waking breath, our every moment is because of him. And verse 12, and this is actually my favorite verse in the entire, these next three verses are actually my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. Be of not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you, and that I might find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. You see, in the beginning, Moses was still nervous. He was still just a man. A man coming before the Lord. But, you know, we're covered in the blood of Jesus. And we're saved by the grace through faith. And the Bible says in Romans, it says, to come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in the time of need. Usually when we sin, which we all do, the first thing we do is run away from the Lord and we turn our back to him because we're so shameful shameful and so afraid. But we don't need to be afraid anymore because he sees us as righteous. And it's not because of our own righteousness. It's because of his. It's because when the Father looks at us, he sees the blood of Jesus. And all of our sins and all our transgressions and all the things that we think are so big and weigh us down so much are so insignificant compared to his blood. Because his blood washes away all sins and his blood covers all those sins up. And so we can stand before the God of heaven and earth clothed in white robes of righteousness because we've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. You know, when Moses was standing before God, he had all these responsibilities to deal with, all the children of Israel looking toward him. And he could have asked for anything. He could have asked to go back to Egypt. He could have asked for God to send someone else. But in the midst of it, the one he said is, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. Because in the end, that's all that matters, that we know the Lord. In the New Testament, it talks about how people would flock all around to see Jesus, and they would see him for the miracles. And But then there were some who would come up and say, Sirs, we wish to see Jesus. And in the end, when this is all said and done, and after we're all dead, we're going to be standing right next to him. And how many of us are going to really know him? And it's sort of it's it sounds weird for me to say that, and but 
what I mean is, is we spend our whole lives hearing about God. And we spend our whole lives talking about God. But how many of us really know him? How many of us really have taken the time in our lives just to get to know the God of heaven and earth? To get to know this Jesus who died for our sins? And it seems at times we talk about God. And even when the Bible says that if two or more of us are gathered, then he is there in the midst. And so every time we're in a worship service and every time we're in the middle of his presence worshiping him, he's right there. But yet we still have a habit of referring to him in the third person and we talk about him like he's someone who's far and distant away when it's, he's really not. He said that I will send the Holy Spirit, I will send the Comforter, and he will come and he will teach you all things. And he will declare, take of what is mine and declare it unto you. And how can we ever know those things that have been freely declared to us by the Father unless we're willing to come before him and seek him and to hear his voice and to hear what he wants for our lives? The Bible says that a man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And it says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And we tend to see our lives and we get worried and we get distracted. And the smallest thing tends to freak us out at times. But sometimes we just need to stop. In the midst of all the confusion, in the midst of all the chaos of our everyday lives, at times we just need to stop and rest. Just rest and know that he is God. And rest and know that he is the Lord. It says in the book of Job, it says that he could withdraw his breath from the world and it would cease to exist. He talked about how he numbered the stars in the heaven and he numbered the sands on the sea. I mean, this is the God who created everything. It says, without him nothing that was, was made that was made. And it says, by him all things consist and exist. And this is the God that we have the amazing ability and the amazing honor to serve. And not only to serve, but to have communion with and to have a relationship with. He called us friends. And so we need to actually spend time with him. Spend time just seeking him. When you're going to the grocery store, spend time talking to him. When you're driving in your car to work, spend time talking to him. You know, the biggest, one of the biggest issues I've had in my life is just turning the radio off and turning the TV off and silencing all those voices that we're so programmed to have going constantly and to just sit quietly and just listen for his voice and to just talk to him. It'd be really hard to have a conversation with someone in the same room if music was blaring, so you would turn it down so you can hear that person. And sometimes we need to do the same thing for the Lord. Sometimes we need to turn down all the distractions. Sometimes we just need to get away from all those things that are constantly going through our head so we can just spend time hearing his voice and just spend time saying, I love you, Jesus, and just spend time telling him how amazing he is. You know, all the prophets of the Old Testament and Jesus himself would spend hours upon hours. He wouldn't even go to the people. He wouldn't perform a miracle until he had spent time with his father. The disciples would find him on the mountain, and he would be spending time with his father because Jesus knew that everything was that came from that relationship. 
you know, our the, the Bible says that there's fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, righteousness, goodness, faithfulness, and a few, and then all these fruits that the Bible talks about, well, they're fruits, they're not gifts. They're things, because a fruit is something that's grown, and it's something that's cultivated, and the Lord does the same thing in our lives. Through our relationship, it, it says, since it says, that we are being transformed into his image from glory to glory. Whenever you spend time with the Father, you take on attributes and you take on characteristics and you take on different, like, fruits, like righteousness, like patience, like faithfulness, like goodness, like self-control. And these are things that don't just come automatically. Those are things that are cultivated inside of his presence, as well as the ability to hear the Father. Many people think that hearing the voice of God may sound crazy, but it's not. It's just having the ear of hearing someone so many times and spending so much time with him that their voice is just natural. It's something that you recognize. If you're in a crowded grocery store and your wife or your children are calling you, even though there may be five million other people shouting at the top of their lungs, it's that one voice that you pick up because it's the voice you're familiar with. And we need to get familiar with hearing his voice. And that only comes by spending time with him. And so I want to encourage you, as the body of Christ, to set some time and just spend with the Lord. Not because we want anything, and not because we want a great ministry, and not because we want this or that, but just because of who he is. Just because he's the lover of our soul. Just because... He's everything. Because in the end, we are the bride of Christ. We are a special chosen people, a royal generation, a holy priesthood. And worship isn't always something that you do. Worship isn't always an action. Sometimes worship is a characteristic of who you are. And what I mean by that is we, we go to Sunday church and we listen to worship songs on the radio. And that's great. And it's awesome to actually be able to spend time worshiping the Lord. But sometimes you have to realize that a heart of worship isn't always just an action that you schedule in your busy day. It's not just something that you do on a whim, but it's something that you are. You become an instrument of worship to the Lord. The Bible says that we are living epistles written on, not tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. The Lord has literally engraved on our hearts, and he has taken our names and engraved them on his hands. And we are literally living representations in this earth of Christ Jesus. And when you go out on the street and you see all the people that that walk by, you have to realize that some of those people, many of those people, have never heard the name of Jesus. And the ones who have heard of the name of Jesus have never heard that they can have a relationship with Jesus. It's something that seems too high and lofty, but the thing is, that's the biggest deception of the enemy, is that you can't have a relationship with this amazing God that we serve. But that's one of the exact reasons he sent the Holy Spirit, because he's the comforter. He is our guide. He is our companion. He is the one who reveals the things of the Father to us. And it gives us this direct connection to the Father, that we can come before him with joy, and we can come before him in gladness. 
And instead of having a spirit of sorrow, instead of having a spirit of being down all the time, we need to have a spirit of joy, realizing our place in Christ Jesus, realizing that regardless of what we think about ourselves, it's irrelevant. Because it doesn't matter what we feel about ourselves. All that matters is what he thinks about us, and he sees us as righteous. We may think that there's no hope, but he always knows that there is. You know, when the Word of God, the Bible says that he, Jesus, God said that the words that have come out of my mouth will not return to me void. And there are words that he's spoken into our lives. And those words, regardless of what we feel about them, those words are going to come to pass. And, you know, at times you may get discouraged, and at times you may feel that you may have messed up too much or that God can never use you or that there's always someone better. But the thing is, there's never anybody better because God made every single person special and every single person who has ever lived and ever will live, God created to have a relationship with. And God will use you just where you are. And all it takes is coming before him and spending time with him and coming before him and making yourself available to him. But even beyond the ministry and even beyond all those things of life, there's just coming a joy that comes from knowing who he is. The Bible says that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And being confident in your relationship with him, being confident in knowing who he is and knowing who you are, so that in the very end, you can say, I have known in who I have believed. That I know in whom I have believed. So I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you reach out right now to every heart and to every life. I ask that you would give them, as it says in Ephesians chapter 1, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, that we would know what is the hope of your calling. Father, I pray that you would draw all Christians into a spirit of intimacy with you, Father, that you would draw us closer to you, Father, that you would remove the blinders from our eyes, Father, that you would rebuke the enemy and remove, remove all the lies that have been told to us where we thought that we weren't good enough to be in your presence or that we couldn't be in your presence, Father. I pray you would remove those lies, Father, and, and show the truth to your church, Father, that they can come to your presence and they can fellowship with you and they can spend time with you, Father, and that you will hear them. Father, your word declares, if we ask anything in your name, it shall be done for us. And it says that we know you hear us, Father. And Lord, I just thank you, and I ask that you would bless every member, every person listening right now. In Jesus' name, amen.